0: Salam alaikum wa rahmatullah. We often hear stories of the Sahaba and their deep connection with the Quran, like when Asma bint Abi Bakr was noted to have recited the verse Famanallahu alayhi wa waqana as-samu, for hours and hours. Or like when Umar radiallahu anhu was heard sobbing when he was reciting parts of Surat Yusuf in his prayer. Not sure about you, but it's it's been quite a while since I can say I felt truly connected to the Quran. As Muslims, we know that the Qur'an is supposed to be a nourishment for our souls and a furqan, you know, a criterion that discerns between the truth and the falsehood. But what I came to appreciate through today's episode with Sheikh Muhammad al-Shanawi is that the Qur'an's messages and meanings can't be truly unlocked without something called tadabbur, deep and regular reflection. Today, we explore the barriers preventing us from building meaningful and transformative relationships with the Qur'an and the steps that we can take to finally feel like we're connecting with Allah subhanahu wa Taala's final message. Welcome to Double Take, a podcast by Yaqeen Institute about the questions and ideas around Islam and Muslims that give us pause. Remember to subscribe to the show on YouTube, Spotify or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Our guest today is Sheikh Muhammad al He's a religious director uh, at the Islamic Education Center of Pennsylvania and a research scholar at Yaqeen Institute. He's a graduate of English literature at uh, Brooklyn College and he studied at the College of Hadith at the Islamic University of Medina and at Mishka University. He also co- co-authored the Yaqeen Institute paper which today's episode is based on called Keys to Tadabbur. How to reflect deeply on the Quran he co-authored that with Sheikh Yusuf Wahab. I hope you enjoyed the episode as much as I did. Sheikh Muhammad salaam alaikum and Jazakallah Khair for joining us again.
1: Alikas alaikum wa My pleasure, Allah always.
0: Um, we're going to get straight into it. Um, Sheikh, uh, there are no silly questions on double take. We ask simple ones, complex ones. Um, but I have one that is, that is really, really simple. Um, and that is what is the Qur'an to the Muslim in the 21st century. I mean, we have so many things in our lives to focus on as Muslims. There's protecting our prayer. There's focusing on, you know, the type of food that we eat um, and being conscious of that. It's about kind of, uh, you know, being conscious of the surroundings we're in, the dealings that we have on a daily basis. The Qur'an, like we know it's Allah's, Allah's words, but as a role in our life these days, what role does it play?
1: The same role it played, I guess, for the early Muslims. Bismillah, alhamdulillah, salatu salam ala rasulillah, ala Ali wa sahbihi Yeah, it, it is such a simple question that it is complex. <laughs> and, you know, one of the scholars uh, was asked, you know, what was the relationship of the early Muslims with the Qur'an? And he gave a really nice answer. He said, it's kind of like your relationship with your phone today. Uh, And that brings us back to, you know, how involved the Quran was with the early Muslims and in their lives. It was as involved as it needed to be in order to be impactful in their lives. In other words, Islam is timeless. Islam is for every time and place. Uh, And the superior. Uh, form of life quality of life is grounded in mimicking these generations as best we can you know another one of the scholars he mentioned like that they were so attached in the early generations to the quran uh, around the clock that it became their clock in other words, like if you read the hadith about how much time was there, they asked the sahaba, may Allah be pleased with them, between suhoor, that pre-dawn meal when you're fasting, and between the fajr prayer, they would say about 50 ayat, 50 verses. <laughs> it was like, it was their metric even. You know, in another hadith, they, they asked about what is the ideal length of the witr prayer that one raka'ah in the end, that the Prophet sallallahu wasallam used to end his night vigils or night prayers with, and they would say it was like the length of surah al-inshikaq. And so notice how close they were to the Qur'an that they would measure things by the Qur'an. You know, you think of all these different hadith saying the Prophet Sallallahu would not sleep without reciting a sajda or al-mulk or, or al-isra uh, or al-zumar. And we also need to contextualize. This doesn't mean he did all of those every single night. But generally speaking, if you were to sit back and just calculate the amount of Qur'an they read in salah and the amount of Qur'an they read you know in their in-betweens during the day And then the amount of Qur'an they did in their night prayers This is hours of Qur'an, it really is I mean the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam would put his head in the lap of Aisha anha And recite Qur'an when hadith mentions and He would get up and pray for a third of the night That's all Qur'an, that the other hadith mention, And so that is how involved it was in their day-to-day
0: And um, I'm glad you mentioned uh, the early Muslims Um and uh, at that time, there's there's a story that you know when I when I cross, I'm honestly very shocked, and it, it makes me feel a little bit bad about my relationship with the Quran. But it's a story of when the Prophet ﷺ was making tawaf around the Kaaba, and um, the leaders of Quraysh, non-Muslims, were there—Abu um, Jahal, Abu Lahab, the the whole the whole crew—and um, and they were mocking the Prophet ﷺ. And so the, the Prophet ﷺ decided to recite some Qur'an, and he chose Surah Al-Najm. And so he stood there reciting Surah Al-Najm, which is a, a very, very heavy surah, beautiful surah, a couple of pages. And he gets to the end of the surah, where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, wa Like, prostrate to Allah and worship Him. And of course, the Prophet ﷺ, a sajda in the Qur'an. He, he makes sujood, and the Muslims made sujood. But what was shocking was that the likes of Abu Jahal and Abu Lahab also made sujood and when the prophet ﷺ got up and looked and saw that the non-muslims were making sujood he said amantum billah like did you are you actually muslims now like what you know and and they were overtaken by the verses and they and Abu Lahab tried to make uh, or, or Abu Jahal I think it was who who tried to make an excuse for his his sujood saying no no we're not we're, we don't believe in Allah but we heard our forefathers being mentioned in those verses. So we made sure. So he was flustered. But the fact that people who don't believe in the Quran and Allah's word at that time felt the need to prostrate and were, were in awe of the verses. I look at that and I say, okay, honestly, when was the last time? I, oh my God, man. When was I last connected? So what am I missing?
1: Yeah, so I actually had the same dilemma with this incident in Sahih al-Bukhari that Ibn Abbas mentioned that the Prophet made sujood at the end of Surah Al-Najm and the Muslims and the pagans and the humans and the jinn everybody present made sujood Uh, it's very deflating for you know for uh, a person to read that at face value but I want to say two things first of all don't be too hard on yourself because I think it's a little bit different when the Prophet ﷺ is the one reciting, right? That's part of the impact of the recitation, what comes from the heart and what kind of heart will reach the hearts and how it will reach the hearts. It's it's different. Uh, it is not purely just, you know, I have to reach the level of mastery of Arabic that the pagan Arabs had. No, 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 not like that. Uh, there has to be a degree of exceptionalism here for the Prophet ﷺ. But there are also there's also the fact that they were paying attention. And we can come back to that. And also the fact that they understood. We can come back to that. And there was also the fact that they realized. And there are different ab- avenues to realize. Not just the Arabic. Realize the weight. You know, like you said, they're heavy verses. The weight of that reality. You know, when Malik ibn Dinar, rahimahullah, uh, would uh, have his students recite to him, and they would finish reciting, he would call their attention to this. He would say, Isma'u ila ma sadiq min fawqi arshi. listen carefully to what the most truthful has just said from above his throne to help them realize the reality of what they just heard. You know, Ibn Abbas radiallahu anhum, also, he, he would tell the people, you know, the, the generations after the Sahaba, his students, had Allah not facilitated the repetition of his words on the tongues of the creatures, the human beings, no body of the creation would have been able to repeat the words of the creator. In other words, realize this is a gift. This is not an accomplishment. The, that realization, that glorification of Allah's word upon realizing it is what adds to the effect. Like think about it. If an animal were to speak in human tongue, we would all be blown away because animals don't speak human, right? But animal and human are not that different comparing creation to creator. Right, these are all creations. So imagine a creation. This is not supposed to be able to repeat the words of the Creator. So once you actually give this its due regard, you realize it. And sometimes Allah may keep it from the believer, uh, so that he earns it. Or maybe Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, you know, knows. What what do you mean by that? So at times Allah pulls from us or keeps from us the sweetness of faith. Because easy come, easy go. He knows that if we got it easy, we would take it for granted. And that, that was exactly the downfall of shaitan. So he wants you to keep pursuing. He wants you to finish strong. So to realize its weight and to chase knowing that weight is there, knowing that you know the mercy of Allah does not rush to anyone, as Al Imam Alayth ibn Sa'ad Rahimahullah said, the way it rushes to someone listening to the Quran, or you know, to know that to the degree of your commitment and dedication there is an endless opportunity for happiness and peace and tranquility there. They asked another imam, how much Quran should we read? He said, it depends on how much happiness you pursue in life, right? It's really up to you. But realizing that is a big part of it.
0: Um, You mentioned in your article um, that you authored with uh, Sheikh uh, Yusuf Wahab um, about the the concept of tadabbur, that the, the purpose of the Quran in our lives is for us to actually have that deep contemplation yeah. Um, uh, Of the verses And um, do you mind just talking to that Because like I recite Quran I listen to it often and what not But um, to what end Like what is the purpose And and I think you suggest that the purpose is that tadabur. Do you mind explaining what that is Yeah means?
1: The, the, the Quran uh, Suggests that very clearly actually More than suggests it uh, It clarifies the Quran is blessed And those who read it are blessed And it has the potential for endless you know good in our life but contingent upon us engaging with the quran through tadabbur or in the form of tadabbur tadabbur means to deeply ponder over its meanings and so all of you know the 10 good deeds per letter and the virtue of one rank in jannah for every verse you memorize and all of this and reading it melodiously and mm. all of that Is there, I'm not saying it is irrelevant or like, it is there But the grand prize, the transformative power of the Quran lies in tadabbur Tadabbur comes from the word dubur Dubur means the back end of something And so tadabbur means to uh, come to terms with To arrive at what is behind these words right? The reality, the impactful uh, potency of these words
0: in all honesty, Sheikh, I know you said don't be too hard on myself. And maybe this is because Allah's trying to, you know, make my path a little bit harder. So I, I strive a bit harder, but I, I listen to the Quran often. Um, I learned how to read when I was about 21, 22. Um, and then I learned, uh, Tajweed and I started teaching a bit. I memorized, uh, a little bit. And, uh, I can't say I, I haven't tried. Like I'm trying. And every single day I'm trying. But, Reading your article, listening to you, hearing about the Sahaba, um, I can't say, like I can't even remember the last time I truly connected with the Quran. I I don't know what's missing. And that's an honest, honest question. Like, what am I missing? What are the barriers stopping me? For someone who's actually listening, reading, memorizing, what are the barriers? What am I doing wrong?
1: so i'm not saying that it has to take this long but what we want to say first and foremost is so what if it takes this long our you know our goal is to find allah's pleasure at the end of our journey and that is by us trying our best not by arriving that is from allah's mercy we don't want it any other way um and you may have read that some of the early muslims said that i i prayed Qiyamul Lay night prayers, meaning I lingered on the Quran in the depths of the night for twenty years, and then enjoyed them for another twenty. You know, or f- forget that. Let's contrast it. I went to school for twelve years, and then four in college, and then some. Uh, others will say more and more and more to what to earn a paycheck uh, and buy a house with you know with with greenery underneath which rivers flow. <laughs> right, a swimming pool or something. That's what we did. Uh, and so, uh, committing ourselves for ten and twenty and thirty and a hundred years to Allah Azza Jal's book uh, is not a sacrifice; it is a trade-off and an awesome trade-off. Uh, Allah from His generosity calls it trade, whereas in reality, He's being so generous with us. Subhanahu wa Taala. How do I know I'm getting
0: the paycheck? Like, how do I? How do I know? Like, I'm giving, I'm studying, but I. Like, what am I taking from the Quran? Because I've, I've memorized, I've learned, I've whatever. What am I taking from it?
1: Yeah, you may I'm, not, there is so much. I mean, if you are understand the Quran itself, you know, al Hassan al Allah said that a person memorized the whole Quran. He's a hafidh of the Quran. He said to him, no, he's not. The Quran is a hafidh of him, right? The Quran is actually a protector of him because hafidh comes from memorized, meaning you've protected it from being lost. It comes from protection or guarding. Said The Qur'an actually guards him. And so the Qur'an guards you in ways that are obvious and ways that are subtle. You don't know how many decisions you could have ruined yourself with today. And by virtue of the Qur'an you carry in your heart, Allah turned the lights on for you. You don't know how many harms would have come your way or the way of your loved ones and so on and so forth. And they were diverted from you by virtue of the blessing of the Qur'an that emanates from your chest. Uh, And so be certain in that
0: you mentioned um, you mentioned uh, an ayah in surah al-isra' uh, illa um, that uh, you know some people actually are elevated by the quran when they hear it and read it and some people are actually you know uh, disgraced uh, or what's that effect like what is i just want to make sure i'm not being disgraced you know like I, I feel like i'm trying but i need to know you
1: know i need to know May Allah protect us and you. Akhi. Uh, that's a, it's a great question, and it is a virtuous cycle. So, in a sense, that you need to purify your heart, and we'll come back to this in a second, in order to benefit from the Quran. But also, you know, coming to the Quran is of the ways to purify your heart, and so it is it it is uh, a virtuous cycle. And so, what do we mean by that? You know, there are impediments at times We're not just saying just keep trying No, sometimes it's not about working harder It's about working smarter As they say in the industry sometimes uh, We were told that the Qur'an You know, the zalim is only increased and lost by it Sometimes the zalim is so blindfolded by his zalim By the corruption and pollution of his heart uh, That he reads the Qur'an as he wants to read it Like selective reading He reads it to reassure himself Reads it to tell himself I'm I'm a great person I don't need to change anything in my life so on and so forth. Uh, and, and you know, the kibr, for example, the arrogance in our heart, Allah said clearly, an ayati fil haq. I will turn away from my signs, my ayat. Ayat are verses, right? Signs and verses. Those who uh, exhibit arrogance on earth when they have no right to do so. And so, the impediments like these sins that corrupt our heart, you need to rinse yourself of them. You need to repeat your repentance every time you mind just um,
0: like laying them
1: out for me? like So So you're saying kibir is one of
0: them? Um, Certainly. Sins generally? Generally sins, you know, takes away that sweetness of faith and and, and the Quran? For sure. W- w- As the Prophet
1: okay. said to us for sure, that every sin you commit stains your heart a bit more. And if you repent from it, قلبه, his heart is polished from that stain. And if he continues on without repenting, Extends and extends and extends until it overtakes his heart And then he becomes sealed off from understanding, from living by You know, the guidance that Allah revealed, subhanahu wa ta'ala
0: So sins, kibir, is there anything else that comes to mind When like I talk about barriers between, you know, me connecting Me and
1: and that really true tadabbur of the Qur'an So of the impediments of course is distractions Allah Azza wa Jal called his book Kitabun Aziz It's a mighty book But the word Aziz also means proud to bil Ithm. You know he was overtaken by pride And driven into sin by his pride So Izza also means pride And so the Quran refuses to be marginalized in your life And you know going back to that story that that troubled us With the Prophet ﷺ reciting and the mushrikeen prostrating I said they were not distracted This was during the night time you know, uh, you know in uh, nashiat al-layl allah says the depths of the night they are more conducive meaning they're more helpful to concurrence what does concurrence mean? that what you're saying with your tongue matches with what your heart is processing or uh you know reflecting on or engaging with concurrence of the heart and tongue and so that's a part of it as well But that, again, does not mean that if you start slipping, you start getting absent-minded, this is something you work towards, right? You work towards trying to isolate yourself from anything but the spirit of the Qur'an as you're reading it. Ibn Atta, and I always love to share this with with people, you know, he said that you being absent from remembering Allah, the Qur'an is the greatest reminder, the greatest form of remembering Allah, greatest dhikr. He said, you being absent-minded as you remember Allah, is not as bad, it's still better than being absent-minded from remembering Allah altogether. He said, so you just persevere and you wait and you keep remembering Allah, even if you happen to be absent-minded until he grants you permission to be present-minded. And then he admits you into his presence and then he removes everyone else, he says, from the the audience. It just becomes you and him in the end. So it's something you work towards but identify that uh, dedication is a key.
0: Oh, I was actually in a, in a lesson once and um, one of the students asked the sheikh about, uh, look, I, I can't really, f- I don't have much sincerity when it comes to a certain act. Uh, it was actually tahajjud, right? And, um, and so I, I don't feel it. I can't really, you know, what, what's the point if I'm not really getting the fruits of it? And, and the sheikh was saying, just do it anyway and work on your intentions as you as you go along. Um, so it's it's to your point about just just do the action, just read or recite and whatnot, and and let the let the I guess the dabbur catch up, if I'm not mistaken.
1: Yes, absolutely, for sure. Because you know what commitment to the Quran means. Commitment to the Quran means you're committed to you know understand how every single ayah relates to you. But who can do that? Who has those mental blocks built up? And this is extremely hard, right? And so we're gonna die trying, and inshallah, earn Allah's pleasure by our attempts, not our our mileage.
0: So how do I, um, as
1: a simple, simple, very, very simple student
0: of the Quran, how do I build that tadabbur? You said, uh, okay, cleanse, so private cleanse time. the heart.
1: If it's you're not going time. if it's not going to be in the night, then at least with airplane mode on your phone, right? If you're going to read off your phone or read next to your phone, you know, give it. This, this is Quran time. You know, the Quran will not give me a part of itself, the scholars say, unless you give it all of yourself. So give it your undivided attention, right? And begin with, you know, seeking forgiveness from Allah Azza wa and asking him to open your heart to his book and, you know, the oceans of mercy available for us in his book, uh, subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then as you read the Qur'an, try to draw parallels. You might not be able to to do it right away, you know, with every single ayah. Who can, as we said. But draw parallels between yourself and any ayah you can. So one scholar, for example, you know, read that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa we removed from you the burden of your sin, right? He was forgiven for his past and future sins, alayhi salatu sallam. That weighed down your back, Allah said. And so he began to weep and said, subhanallah, like, Allah removed from him his sin That weighed down his back So how worried should we be That our sins are not going to be Breaking our back If we don't get forgiven for them It was a beautiful parallel Um, Or when You know When Wuhay ibn al-Ward Like he he read Ibrahim alayhi salam Saying Oh Allah please accept from me The building of the Kaaba That is so profound Because we have a partial contribution to building one of our local masjids. And we act like, you know, mission accomplished. We have not built a masjid on our own. And if we have, we haven't built the Kaaba. And if we did, it's not with the sincerity of Ibrahim Aleyhsa. So there's a parallel in every ayah. In fact, you know, one of the most beautiful parallels uh, that come to mind, I think it's in the paper. When Yahya ibn Mu'adh, Rahimahullah, uh, read the ayat when Allah is speaking to uh, Musa and Harun, saying, go say to Pharaoh a gentle word so that you don't trigger his defensiveness basically. So that maybe he'll reflect, maybe he'll consider uh, while he still has a chance. Yahya ibn Mu'adh says, ya Allah, how kind you are. Like how gentle you are. This is your instructions and your gentleness. Go say a kind, a soft word, right? To someone who says, I am your Lord, the most high. That's what Faraon said. He said, so how about us? Like how do you plan to treat us? When we say in every sujood Subhana rabbiyal a'la Glorified is my lord the most high Right Look he's even drawing a parallel Of what is being said to Firaun And we are inshallah The farthest of people from Firaun We've never claimed you know uh, To be deities or be, to be gods So try to draw parallels as best you can And the last thing I'll say is Engage with the ayat You know Repeat them as the Prophet Sallallahu did. As like you're knocking on the door of the ayah over and over and over again until it opens up for you. And make dua at the ayat. When Allah says, and say, my Lord, increase me in knowledge. Stop, like Ibn Mas'ud stopped, عنه, stop and say, oh Allah, increase me in knowledge and understanding and piety and so on and so forth. The Prophet ﷺ would not pass by an ayah in his qiyam of hope, like of Jannah and reward, except that he would ask Allah from his bounty. Nor an ayah that or frightened, except that he would stop and ask Allah to grant him refuge. Engaging with the Qur'an is part of uh, what will heighten the experience, inshallah, azza wa khair. Um,
0: Shaykh, you know, um, we do this on every episode. Um, I have many nephews and nieces, actually 31, alhamdulillah. And every, every, <laughs> every episode I I have a think about who, who, who's going to ask this question. And one of my nieces, she's, she's a, a nine-year-old, um, she's asking you, Sheikh, um, I'm about to start my journey with the Qur'an, and I hear about this concept of tadabbur, and that actually the, the purpose is really to connect with Allah by deep reflection of the verses. What advice do you give me as a young person starting my journey with the Qur'an um, in order to build that tadabbur?
1: Okay. (laughs) So I would tell her that the Qur'an is a world of secrets, but they're hidden like right in front of you. Once you earn them, you notice them. So just like, We don't tell people our secrets on the first day of school. Mm -hmm. We don't tell people our secrets on the first day of school. The more time you spend with the Qur'an, more dedication you show to the Qur'an, that is how many more of the secrets of the Qur'an will start getting revealed to you. And once they get revealed to you, you're going to be blown away and you're going to notice that it's so obvious. How didn't I notice that before? And you'll realize I simply hadn't deserved it yet. That was the first, that's the first thing I would say And mm. the second thing I would say to her very quickly Is I want you to say What the Prophet Sallallahu used to always say Oh, oh Allah Make the Quran that fountain that quenches my heart صدري, And the light that illuminates my chest حزني, And what uplifts, removes my sadness with the hair me, and that which chases away all of my worries, I will teach you that, that
0: dua. I'm going to use that Jazakallah khair shaykh. shaykh oh, yeah, khair. Uh, honestly, we could go on for hours, um, but I know you're uh, a little bit pressed for time, and I, I really want to fit in some rapid-fire questions, if that's okay. Go a little bit different to last time. Are you ready?
1: Sure. Okay.
0: A couple. A couple of easy ones. So, what was the latest book you start? You were reading.
1: Uh, John Hoover's Ibn Taymiyyah
0: Okay, interesting Any any nuggets you want to share from it? Uh,
1: one of the most fascinating parts of the book so far About halfway through Is the fact that Academics uh, Especially Western, Western academics of course uh, They need to Commit themselves to objectivity And sometimes it makes them A little bit vague And a little bit austere In their writing mm. uh, And it appears that someone You know uh, As well grounded He's of the foremost authorities On Ibn Taymiyyah in the world today uh, Like Dr. John Hoover He actually multiple times You know Struggles to hide his uh, admiration For Sheikhul Islam Ibn Taymiyyah Rahimahullah
0: SubhanAllah Okay number two if you were to have dinner with someone who's alive, uh, specifically to discuss the Qur'an, who would that person be?
1: Al-Sheikh al-Dadu, al-Shanqiti, rahimahullah. Uh, Hafidahullah, I said rahimahullah.
0: Uh, inshallah, we're going we're gonna to have to try to arrange that because that's the second time you mention him. Barak yes, it okay.
1: Um That's actually why I mentioned him the first time. So <laughs> I'm excused. <laughs> Okay,
0: um, okay, random, really, really random questions related to the Qur'an. Recitation of the Qur'an or memorization of the Qur'an?
1: It is, there's too many variables here, and I've spoken to some of you about this before. Uh, recite as much as you can uh, until you find room Uh to memorize new. So recite what you can out of the Mus'haf and from what you already memorize. and Because keeping what you have takes precedence over uh, gaining what you don't. But ideally, you will make room for both uh, a little bit at a time.
0: Okay, Surah al-Shura or Surah Maryam?
1: I have to say Surah Maryam because I'm the religious director at the Jesus Son of Mary Mosque in downtown <laughs> Pennsylvania. <laughs> Okay.
0: I um, You know, there's a new machine that prints on walls. It's a, it's a wall printer. So you can design anything. Um, it's huge. It's like the size of uh, probably the bookshelf behind you. And you bring it to your house and it prints something on the wall. So I get it for you, you know, your housewarming party. And um, you can choose any verse in the Quran to print on your wall. What verse is that?
1: Respond to Allah and His Messenger when He invites you to that which gives you life. In Surah, Arabic? استجيبوا لله إذا دعاكم لما Why? Because the verse continues on to say and know that Allah intervenes between a person and his heart. And so many people wonder about the whole agency question and I get it a lot and we all wonder about it like you know, do I have control over my heart or not? Allah gives you an invitation to invite his aid and support and guidance into your life. And if you decline the invitation, then the same way we may will be severed from this world, we could be severed from our hearts as well. And so he begins and he initiates, uh, you know, to save us and grant us grace and grant us guidance and know at the end of the day that uh if we are turning away from him, that could already be a sign that he has turned away from us. And so, may
0: Jazakallah we be grateful khair.
1: for the opportunity.
0: Jazakallah khair. Ameen. Um I'm going to mention a few surahs. And I want to know what first comes to mind in terms of your feeling. Like what what feeling does it evoke? Surat al-Rahman.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Rahman. <laughs> okay. Mercy. Thanks.
0: I guess that one, right? Uh, surat al Isra. Prophecy. Surat al-Dukhan. History. Last one. Surat al-Mulk. The grave. Okay. One last question and we'll we'll close it here. Um, English-speaking Muslims um, who have struggled with Arabic what would you recommend for them to read in order to connect with the Qur'an like if there's a book or if there's a resource that you recommend for them to start their journey or just to spark that journey of tadabbur
1: quranreflect.com it's an awesome platform
0: perfect that's amazing, uh, Sheikh Mohammed. It's always a pleasure having you on Double Take, and inshallah, mm-hmm. we'll see you. Uh, we'll see you next season, inshallah.
1: Akramakallah, barakallah fee. Barakallah wa fiq
0: barakallah wa ik saamah